Warning. The following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. What's up, sexy bitches? <laughs> Welcome back to the third season <laughs> of Dead and Married. I'm Travis. I'm Ashley. And we don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> It's that oh damn video. God. Holy shit. <laughs> Has anybody ever looked up that video on YouTube? Have you checked your butthole? Oh, God. There's God. This, I think he's Australian. Yeah. Uh, his name's Tom Carty, and he's got some of the most hilarious damn music videos. They're <laughs> so fantastic. we were Check watching those right up to the point of recording, and so now we have the giggle fits. And yeah, a little bit. We're doing very poor Australian accents trying to sing the song because now it's stuck in our heads. Well, you know, I'm from Texas, so I, <laughs> I struggled to speak English anyway. So so for us, that would be like, what? Hi! Hi! I don't work here! Kate's going to be so mad at you. No, I was doing Texas. Oh. <laughs> I don't work here. If that's your version of Australian, you Take just made job so many people mad. <laughs> no, I was not. I was not doing an Australian accent. Who are you like, mocking over there? That's not I, cool. I don't know. You're, you know what? People are probably listening to us every week and going i don't i makes can't me even think do of, a texas um, accent and i'm from texas how sad is that oh shit what was that uh <laughs> billy zane on demon night <laughs> yeah you well what then you? they're well then they're motherfucker yeah <laughs> oh truth we all sound like that take take a shot every time we say y'all you'll die don't do that <laughs> Or fixing to. I'm sure we've got somebody in Italy or what's the other countries we have. I don't know. Pr- yeah, pretty Did much. Did we have every- Estonia once? They're probably over there going, what does fixing to mean? Well, <laughs> it takes too long to explain it. No, it doesn't. When you say, I'm fixing to, that just means I'm about to. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of times it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> I was just thinking, no, but yeah, but... It's like when you're like, hey, I need you to take out the trash. And I'm like, I'm fixing to. That means I'm not. <laughs> it means I'm, at, at no point in the near future is that going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. There's so many memes. Like, seriously, there's one that's like tennis shoes or sneakers, as I say. Um, tennis shoes. I don't even say, I never said chest of drawers anyway. I always call to call it a dresser you know i know a lot of people call them what bureaus or whatever but when i was a kid it was always chester drawers this really feels like a pillow talk episode <laughs> we're supposed to be yeah, talking went, about halloween <laughs> you went way off are we going to talk about the episode we are going to what you what episode supposed, you were supposed to follow that about i'm fixing to, or follow that with i'm fixing to yeah we're fixing to <laughs> we're fixing to we're fixing to talk about halloween <laughs> we're gonna get to it here in a minute Oh, man. I promise we're not even drinking. We're just really fucking tired. We're high on life. <laughs> no, but this is, uh, for our first episode, we're going to cover Halloween, the original. And? And part two. And part two, yes. But we're doing it as a double feature because it's after we watched feature. part two, we were like, well, that really won't take that long yeah. to talk about. So the, the problem that we have here, and the reason we didn't cover uh, 78 Halloween last year was because we were like, 
everybody in their dog has talked Halloween at some point. Yes. So I think that's why we strayed away from it and just kind of went off, you know, into three through seven. However, we have Halloween ends coming up and we decided, what the hell, let's just go ahead and do it anyway. But I don't know that still like this the problem still is that i don't know that we're gonna be able to tell you anything about halloween that you don't already know and then the issue with part two is there's not much to tell and does that make me a dick for saying that no does that make me a dick warlock (laughs) a cock magician (laughs) i mean no i'm kidding (laughs) but no seriously we were sorcerer Oh, I snort. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now everybody knows. <laughs> yes, I snort when I laugh. Um, anyway. It's funnier when it's in a restaurant. <laughs> and it's really loud. And all the tables stop their conversations to look. Oh my god, okay. It's the best. We need to get on with this. So, Halloween 1978. The film in which is used as a barometer for every other horror film that is come in its wake. Yes. How do you sum Halloween up into one word? Uh, one word? <laughs> that's not a word, that's I a sound. I don't know how <laughs> to sum it up in sound. one word. Um, uh, shit. I don't... <laughs> I, I, I can't do one word. I can't do one word for that movie. Uh, that's hard. That's, Can you that's do one word for that movie? Um, and don't don't say iconic. Just don't. I, I, well, I mean, yes. You were thinking it. Thank you. But I actually was going to say epic. Epic. Okay. Yeah. I, I, think, I actually was not thinking the dreaded I word. Typically, epic takes place on a slightly larger scale. No, not that kind of epic. Not like Lord of the Rings epic. I'm just saying, it's epic! Like, no, that doesn't work. Okay, like you just won at Fortnite Epic. <laughs> I got you. Nobody plays Fortnite anymore. Pretty, I'm pretty sure London still does. <laughs> Trying to sum it up into one word. You remember when she was doing it all the time and she said it weird and so we started calling it Forkknife? Fork knife, yes, I remember that. Anyway, back to the topic. I'm, I'm still trying to think of one word to describe. We don't have that kind of time, so. <laughs> I'll be thinking about it throughout. I'll try. Yeah, you just keep, keep your thinking hat on over there. Anyway. I would say, okay, I've got one. Okay. I would say for the time in which it came out and what they were able to do, unprecedented, unrivaled, unmatched. You're going through your whole U-word vocabulary? <laughs> How many word of the day calendars do you have? Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) I know where you sleep and I have access to needles, so I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. So it was watching it again. Like, okay, say I watched it closely this time. We watched the first 30 minutes of it closely, I think. And then all the children decided that they needed to come into the living room. God. And discuss everything. Everything. London's powerlifting to tacos and i don't know what london or isabel was going on about probably dogs but yeah they all decided to come in and have separate conversations at the same time ice cream i remember ice cream there was ice cream yeah because you guys ended up like leaving legitimately right in the middle of the movie and i'm sitting there looking at you guys we left in the middle of part two what the fuck we have to watch this movie yeah i know (laughs) Like, okay, so seriously, because the way we do our recording schedule right now is we work all week and then we record and edit during the weekend so that we have it ready to go for the following week. Unfortunately, we cannot record next weekend because London has a powerlifting or no, 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 no. This is not powerlifting. This is London is in uh, junior ROTC and she has a PT or physical training meet 
few hours away and it's going to be an all-day ordeal. We've got to get up at like 5 a.m. and leave to go to this thing that's going to take all fucking day. And by the time we get back, let's be honest, we're probably going to get drive through, eat, and go to bed. Like that's how it's going to be. So there's not really going to leave that much time for recording. So we decided let's watch both and do a double feature style record tonight. So and now he's looking at me like I have issues right now. <laughs> you do a little bit. They're not necessarily related to this, though. <laughs> but honestly, how long does it take to talk about Lori lays in a hospital bed while Michael kills a couple of people that you never really get to spend any time with? And I just covered the whole second movie. Congratulations, <laughs> you're done. Let's finish talking about the first one, shall we? No, so the first one, the, I think the score, right? I mean, we're just going to jump right in there and talk about Are stuff we? we like. Are we jumping right in it? I kind of feel like we should. So... <laughs> I've made the executive decision. I still think it's great. I still think it's a great movie. But I think it at some other point when we were covering the other movies, I said that, you know, I watched it and I really couldn't find anything wrong with it. Uh, Do you remember yeah. like a minute ago where I was talking about having access to needles? Yeah, I, I remember. Tread carefully. Yeah, and this is recorded <laughs> and it's going to get posted on the interweb. And so there are at least nine witnesses now. <laughs> This is a this is an admission of guilt. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think that the cinematography is fantastic. And I don't, was it Dean Cundy was the mm-hmm. the DP on this wow, one? Wow, you knew something. I, that's just because you said it about thirty minutes ago, and <laughs> I just that's the only reason I remember it. But I mean, clearly it, it's low budget, but it doesn't feel low budget when you watch it. Right. Uh, they spent what half their budget or something like that on the Panavision camera that they used, and I think they did a fantastic job. That was a, a great investment because i don't think it would be the same movie without that the widescreen shots i think that really makes the movie at least it does for me um whoever did the lighting a plus they did they did fantastic it's a good story it's a scary story like we we kind of talked about it you know uh, later on and even in part two they try to turn it into something like they were related it's a brother sister thing or uh what was it sam hain mm-hmm. Sal, Salwin, however you say that <laughs> Uh, some cult's been pulling his strings the whole time. But honestly, in the very first one, it's scarier where he's just, it's like a shark. And you got in the water at the wrong time. Like, it's not personal. He just saw you, and now you're lunch. It is terrifying in its simplicity. Yeah. That this is a thing that could really happen. Right. And it's it's scarier when he has no motivation. He just wants to kill somebody, and you're the unlucky fucker that he saw while he was driving skillfully. (laughs) With no training whatsoever (laughs) down the street. He has no supernatural ability either. No, he's just crazy. Yeah. Or maybe he's not even crazy. He's just a sociopath. He just, I want to kill people. So this is what I'm going to do. The way and and part of what makes these films so great is Donald Pleasance because in his monologues, he really drives that point home that it is just pure unadulterated evil there's literally nothing else beneath the surface it's just walking evil yeah and even in the beginning when he's he's a little boy and he kills his sister i mean you you would it would be easy to kind of jump to the conclusion like that he killed her because she went up and had sex with her boyfriend but that's not necessarily who he goes after later no i mean he goes after Lori, and Lori doesn't have sex with anybody right so it's got nothing to do with morality it seems i mean i know people in was it uh, the Friday the 13th series? You know, if mm-hmm. you drink or do drugs or have sex, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of that morality piece in there. This one, there's really not. 
No, I think a lot of people jumped to that conclusion. And it seemed like in subsequent sequels, they were really trying to give him a motive, give him a reason. And why? It's so much scarier without that. Yeah. And I kind of, I think I've referenced this before. What movie was that? The Strangers? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Were, were, uh, is it Liv Tyler? So why are you doing this? And she said, and the, and the uh, one of the killers said, because you were home. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's the reason. And... Michael Myers is kind of the same thing. Why is he doing it? Because you're there. You're just the unlucky bastard who happened to come into his path. You you got the shitty fortune cookie. Sorry. Yeah. Today's your not your lucky day at yeah. all. Yeah. And, and that it can you know and then I know it's been said to death from anyone or everyone, but it could be anywhere at any time. You know, yes, it just happens to be Halloween in this franchise, but it doesn't have to be. It could just be one day because he just decides to. Well, yeah. They said, when they talk about that, when he was like, well, you know, so 15 years later. And and Loomis says, well, it's his anniversary. I don't know about that. Well, that was in part two. And again, they were, yes, again, they were trying to fill in those gaps, you know, give motivation. And it wasn't needed. But it's scarier in the first one when he just decides he's going to bust out. Like, it's time. Yeah. I'm going to go kill some people. And that's the thing. You could be, you know, walking from the store to your car or going into work and never know that there's somebody there watching you. Right. And the other thing that I kind of uh, find more, well, scarier, I was going to say more terrifying. Uh, It's not really terrifying, but scarier about the Michael in this one. Uh, For starters, the Dick Warlock, he moves great as as uh, Michael Myers. You talking about part two? No. Who am I thinking about then? Nick. Nick Castle. Nick Castle. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dick Warlock did a good job too. Yeah. Uh, Nick Castle. His movement's fantastic. But I think it's great that Michael is less like a, a bull or a bear or something crashing through the forest. You know what I mean? Kind of like, well, I mean, that's what you get, especially in the Rob Zombie movies, where it's just like this big guy coming mm-hmm. at you. And even in some of the later uh, non-zombie Halloweens, it's just this big dude and he's just kind of smashing through shit in this first one he stalks his prey right i think we talked and, about that before that he's just like a cat and even like did you see him behind the bush and then you go look and he's not there right john carpenter's cigarette smoke is still floating <laughs> across the frame right but he's not there and i think that's scarier that he he stalks them see to me there's still those moments in part two like um the elrod's house for instance where she's Mrs. Elrod standing in the kitchen watching the news report on Michael escaping and she's completely unaware that he's standing right there behind her in the background. That to me, they still had enough in part two that you bought it. Yeah. You know, the aesthetic, the, I mean, the score is a bit changed. Michael's mask, sadly, is not anywhere near as effective. I mean, I, I think I've heard people say that they thought that the mask in part two was even scarier. I don't agree with that. It looks smushed. Almost like his face looks too big for it. Yeah, I did like not. It's a lot wider. I did not care for the mask. Yeah. In part two. I mean, it's the same mask. It's just that you know we have two different actors wearing it, so it doesn't quite fit the well, same. I don't. I don't care for how it fit. Yeah. The new. Uh, I don't care for how it fit Dick Warlock. Though. Yeah, and that's where guys like Chris Nelson who have worked on the 2018 trilogy just I get I cannot give them enough praise. 
for going and making something look almost exactly like it did 40 years prior. And then it aggravates you at the same time because you're going, if it was that, <laughs> not that it was easy, but you're saying, why couldn't they just do the same thing back then? Yeah, you would think that it would be easier for them to have duplicated the mask back then, right? Because the company that made it should have still been in business. I mean, that you'd think they would have had easier access to like the original molds for that mask than right now when those things have probably been destroyed. Well, I mean, I no, they probably had to start from scratch on the new ones. I don't know. The thing that drives me crazy, I'm thinking of Halloween H2O in particular, where how many guys, three or four guys they went through trying to replicate this mask and even going as far as CG at one point, where you have, again, you have guys like Chris Nelson out there who just, bam, did it. It was somebody who had enough love and respect for the source material that he was like, no, this has to be perfect. I, I mean, I think I saw an interview with him once where they were saying, oh, well, there's a hair sticking up at the top. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly the way his hair was originally. We cannot comb that down or it will not be the same mask. Well, and that's something I noticed when we were watching part two is that his hair seemed too slicked back. I mean, there was a little bit of frizz going on in the back, uh, at the back of the mask, but yeah, on top, it looked like he greased his hair back or something. I, I didn't I didn't care for it. Yeah. And it was fun kind of going through part two in particular. Um, shots of behind the houses and stuff. Like, like the way they did the recreation of 78 in Halloween Kills. It was fun going and watching part two and seeing, wow, how much attention to detail these guys paid to the source material. Yeah. And that was, that's another thing is that when we watched both movies, really, it really kind of drove home how great they did um, in the that segment of Halloween Kills. It's it's good. Even the Myers house, like the gutter falling down um, on the second floor, all that stuff. They they really did a great job. But that's not really the movie we're talking about. No, right I'm now. just saying it was fun to watch part two and go through there and go, wow, they really did focus on this Absolutely. on this stuff. Absolutely. There was just there was one scene in um, part two in particular that I was watching that took me back to Kills, and I know that that's a weird fucking thing to say, but it. It did. Yeah. So I know I said earlier that if the, it's not exactly perfect, the only thing that I really found in part one that I, it wasn't, it's, it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but I really noticed this time around just how new some of these actors and actresses were. And I realized that Deborah Hill wrote the script and the dialogue between uh, the three girls was supposed to be written based on Deborah Hill's conversations that she has with her friends. And that's how we talk. And that's fine. I feel like the line delivery was a little flat in a few places. And I feel like you, it, it, you could tell it was scripted. It didn't feel natural to me. What do you think? I think that it feels more natural than the conversations the girls are having in Rob Zombie's. Well, you can't compare this. <laughs> you can't compare the 1978 Halloween to Rob Zombie's Halloween's. You just, you can't. There's no comparison. One of them is fantastic. And then those two are not good. <laughs> no, they shouldn't be called Halloween movies. That's the thing. They should not call them Halloween movies. But I have been very vocal throughout the run of this show and saying uh, that Halloween's not my favorite franchise. I've said that a hundred times, but it never, ever, ever meant that Halloween 
itself is not one of my favorite films. Does it make my top five? No, it doesn't. But I still can recognize the impact it had on horror films, things that they pioneered that no one else had at that point. I mean, just look at all the imitators alone, everything that came in the wake of this film. Yeah, but that's, I don't know, you're gonna have people out there that'll say, well, you know, technically chainsaw inspired halloween yeah okay i and then, don't know that it or the, the, the idea of a killer like psycho that. did psycho for sure and there's going to be a lot of people that would say that there there were other movies that came before this one that kind of started this genre but this is the one i think that made it popular yes the, the movies that came later they weren't trying to copy those old movies they were trying to copy this one Yes. This uh, Halloween 1, I guess I'll call it, that's the one that they felt like they all had to beat. That's the one they had to imitate. Well, I think the difference between, and, and maybe this is just me, I think the difference between this one and, say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? A lot of people, myself included, have given that film so much credit because of what they were able to do with the budget they had, which was nothing, and create something so gritty and simple to the point that people thought that they were watching a snuff film. I get that. But at the end of the day, you can still, there's still some suspension of disbelief you have to give in that one. There's too many things that are still too outlandish for that to seem realistic, at, at least for me, you know, whereas something like Halloween, like I said, feels very rooted in reality. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel like uh, sort of in the slasher genre, this is the one that would would be most believable to really happen. Yes. You know what I mean? Um not not the later sequels, obviously. No, no, just this one. This first one, yes. The the first one is yeah. I mean it it could be a true story almost. Yeah. Because it it really doesn't. It's just a crazy guy killing people, which has happened. So Yeah. You go to something like part two, which is obviously, I mean, you can look from just the ratings alone, how this, how part two is rated up against the original. Yeah, I think the, the original is like 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and I think the second one is... 30%, 40%, something like that. It's not fresh. It's got the green splat, not the tomato. <laughs> but you can see where it was just trying to do what everybody else was doing at the time. And I find that really sad. And it's not that there's things that aren't enjoyable in part two. I, there's still a lot of great stuff in it. It's just where well, you can say the original story is simple and they don't do a whole lot. And they really don't. It's never boring. It has enough tension in it that even though nothing's happening in a particular scene, you still feel on edge. Whereas part two, there's nothing happening and it's a slog to get through in places. Yeah, you've got, I don't, I don't really feel tension necessarily in the first one, but there's, you. It, it keeps you engaged with what's happening on screen, even though, you know, it's maybe three girls talking about who they're going to go to the dance with or whatever, which is a thing that happens. But you, for some reason, it, it keeps you drawn in. In the second one, it's like, all right, so Lori's in a hospital bed. She's been there for the last half hour. Yeah, she's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot like Halloween Kills, <laughs> except Halloween Kills had a little more going on. Yeah, the second one just doesn't, I don't know. We, we watch the first one and we really don't talk too much. The second one we watch more like a riff track. Yes. Um, we, we ripped on that movie a lot. We really did. <laughs> And it's just got, I don't know. I think one of the issues I have with part two is, number one, the, the first part of the movie is what the last seven minutes 
of part one. Clearly this one, they, they just did it for money. The first one was like a passion project. It's a bunch of people with no money that wanted to do something great. And they really put a lot of effort and they gave it their very best shot. And it shows. This was, we made that movie. A bunch of other people made movies just like it. They made a lot of money. We want to make a lot more money. So we're going to make another one. Yeah, because John Carpenter actually didn't he did want, not want anything to, to do with it. Right. Yeah, so that's why we have Rick Rosenthal directing and John Carpenter being relegated to writing it or delegated. Like, I can't word right now. I'm tired. And that it shows. And he has said in more than one interview, like, I was literally just sitting with a bunch of beer going, what the fuck do I write? Yeah. And that's how we ended up with Michael and Lori being related. Yes. Um, and the whole, he introduced the Sam Hain concept in this one, which later they turned it into a whole cult that was somehow right underneath Smith's Grove Sanitarium. <laughs> and Loomis had never known it was there. They just put some bullshit down on paper and filmed it. Right. And I don't, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's, it's not good. Um, this movie doesn't capture the tension that the first one did. Um, they don't have characters in it that really are on screen long enough for you to get attached to them. And none of them to me are really all that likable. You know, how do you feel about that? I feel like they either, <sighs> like there's the sleazy guy in the hot tub. Bud. Yeah. And he's he's like my most hated character yeah. in that film. And then there's Jimmy, who's a grown ass man creeping on a teenage <laughs> uh Lori. Like he just walks into a room I and he's like touching her hand it. and I didn't mind it nearly as much as other people do. <laughs> no, but I, and it's he he looks young. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't jump out at you until you think about it and then you're like, he's an adult. She's like 17. 16, 17 years old. Yeah. He's creeping on a minor. <laughs> Okay, I mean, when you put it in those terms, yes, by today's standards, it seems creepy. But at the time, you know, obviously a different climate, you know, when we were kids, you did that was not even something you thought about. No, it's not. But So when you had Nurse Ratchet come in there and she's like, get the fuck out, Jimmy, you know, then you're sitting there like, the hell's her problem? Right. Well, that's because she knew he's a grown-ass man and that's a little girl laying in that bed and he's, yeah, giving her the eye. It's I'm, not okay. I'm just he needs saying. to he needs to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you don't get attached to him. Lori is the only returning character that you care about other than Dr. Loomis. I was going to say, you better put some I, respect I, on I'm, Loomis. I am. Because um, he, he, to me, he was still the bright spot of part two. He brought his A-game in every movie. Yes. Now, the stuff that is happening around him <laughs> definitely does not get to the same level in any of the sequels. But yeah, I think that's it. I feel like the, the cinematography was still good. There's definitely some shots in the hospital um, where he's like walking down the hallway, especially where they're showing the uh, like the security camera footage of him walking down a hallway on that grainy monitor. And then he turns into a room and the nurse comes back. And, you know, I mean, there's definitely still some, some kind of creepy stuff in there. They kept the tracking shots too, which I appreciated. Yeah. I, I was glad that that was something that carried over. Yeah, but the story itself just d didn't just didn't do it for it's, me yeah it, i think that's my problem it's just a little bit flat there, yeah. there's too much there's a lot of scenes that feel like they're padding the runtime unfortunately okay. or i'm in my opinion you know oh no i agree for instance bud and the nurse uh that get in the hot tub there's no reason for that shot no that that is straight up Friday the 13th shit. That's all that is. And that's fine if I'm watching Friday the 13th. If I'm in that mode, people are going to fuck, people are going to die. That's fine. It's not something I expect to see in Halloween. 
That being said, I know somebody out there is going, well, Linda and Steve, or whatever the fuck his name, Bob, Bob, sorry, it's Bob. Linda and Bob are fucking in the bed, you know, see anything you like, that's in there too. Yes, I understand that, but it doesn't feel the same for some reason. It feels more gratuitous in part two. Well, because there was a reason for them to be at the house. Like in the story, they laid out they're going to go to the house and, and get down, right? Like that's two teenagers doing what teenagers do. There's no reason for Bud and the nurse to get in the hot tub in the hospital. Do people fuck in hospitals? <laughs> genuinely curious oh you work in one i mean yes i do but i am only in my first week so i haven't seen anything so you haven't like got to that, that part yet <laughs> oh you better it wasn't in the orientation packet <laughs> but you know what i mean there was no reason for that to even happen he could have killed them anywhere in the hospital that was they wanted to show her boobs on in the movie mm-hmm. that, that was it it's the same thing i'm not going to be approved this time but it's the same thing with the kills unfortunately is the kills had to they had to dial it up more like they had to make it more in your face more gory than they were before you know whereas one of the things that made it more effective in og was what you didn't see well they needed to take it up a notch in this one anyway because in order to compete with everyone else michael was all pissed off he just got shot six times <laughs> Six times he shot him. Six times. Six times he shot him. Now, having said all that, there are still some parts of this movie that are entertaining, right? Even though it's not scary, even though I don't feel like Uh, it's not... There's still instances where it's scary. Uh, Well, okay. But there are still parts, mostly that just make me giggle. For instance, (laughs) when he shoots him four more times. (laughs) And... (laughs) And Michael's laid out there on the ground, and Loomis is telling the guy, get away from him, right? Uh-huh. And then, of course, as soon as Loomis turns his back, he walks over there and squats down right next to Michael. And when Loomis is like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, he stops breathing. Or he says, he stopped breathing. God damn, he held his breath. Nobody does that. Who holds their breath? It's fucking impossible. He would never do shit like that. He tricked me? Oh, my God. It's a trap. Yeah. That's actually what I was thinking. I was thinking about um, Army of Darkness is a trick and next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's stuff that is like to me. Okay, so to me that part's just funny. Yeah. And then there's another part where they're going through the hospital and there's a sign on one of the doors that says minor surgery. <laughs> but you can't like the, how do, it, not all the letters necessarily are reflective, so you don't really see the O. Yeah. So it just looks like it says minor surgery. <laughs> And, if, and, and now if, we're talking about Texas and if accents you're from, again. If you're from Texas, they don't say minnows. There's there's no vowels in it, really. <laughs> Go down to the star and get your minners. We're going fishing. Get some minners. <laughs> Who operates on a minnow? <laughs> Why do they need surgery? If you're not from here, you don't get it. Never mind. Oh, my gosh. And I know everybody has at least once seen the meme from the scene where Michael lifts the nurse up. Like, he stabs her in the back and lifts lifts her up off her feet to the point that her shoes fall off. And I have seen two different memes. Both crack me up each time. And one of them is, it's epic wedgie time. That's usually what I think of first. And second is surprise finger in the bites. (laughs) I agree with the second one. That's that's thumb in the butt. Lift her off the ground. She got a big thumb. It's the look on her face. That's the worst part. Is that you said that right before it happened, and I'm looking at her face, and she's so surprised. And I thought, yep, finger in the butt. Didn't know it was coming. Oh my gosh. And then she just hangs her head in shame. I don't. I don't know. However. 
Oh, 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 I got one more. I got one more. Another thing that that always causes us to laugh uncontrollably is the scene between Bud and uh, Big Boobs McGee in the hot tub is that once Bud is dead and Michael comes up behind the nurse and she's talking about going to breakfast and she picks up his thumb or she picks up his hand and she starts like nibbling at his thumb. And licking his hand. (laughs) That's the hand he wipes his ass with. (laughs) He doesn't wash I mean, after. His you can hand see. Is black. I mean, I maybe that's the lighting, but no, his hands are filthy. <laughs> his hand looks disgusting. Like he doesn't know what soap is. <laughs> so we He's were never washed his hands. <laughs> so we were talking about after the fact. We were like, okay, so he's holding her head down in this boiling water, and you can see the skin peeling off of her face, and yet somehow his hand is ineffective. And Aiden comes in with, well, that's because it's covered in dirt and shit. <laughs> he's got a protective dirt layer over his hand <laughs> shit later oh man but yeah every time i see that scene i just go <laughs> okay so here's the other thing i don't get when she started sucking on that nasty hand <laughs> how does she not immediately go this is not the guy <laughs> yeah. this is not the guy that was just in the water with me how did she not see just see his hand like bud wasn't wearing blue coveralls he was nude yeah and all of a sudden he i has, mean i guess he was he was wearing his emt outfit but which but his emt outfit was not long sleeve that is true that it was short true. sleeve so when she reaches up and grabs the wrist and there's a sleeve there and the hand is absolutely disgusting you would think there would be a smell coming off of him too yeah like he just wiped his ass with that, <laughs> with that hand <laughs> Like, I just, I, okay, now that we've talked it out, I kind of feel like she deserved it. Just, she she kind of got what was coming to her for just not paying attention to anything. I mean, and it's not even her. There are some of the stupidest decisions that I've seen made in this film. And the other one belongs to Jimmy, unfortunately, because he's going and he's trying to find Nurse Ratchet. And he finally finds her laying on a gurney and she's bled all over the floor and so his instinct is to turn and run through the slippery substance the part that kills me is that he like turned around real slow and then took one step like he was gonna walk out and he was like spit it out and took off (laughs) like was he trying to do a burnout on his way out of the room i don't know and also it did that kill him like, I'm still unclear about Jimmy's fate. So later when you see him in the car and his head's tilted back. Yeah, he turns into a Pez dispenser. It looked like he had a chest burster, but it was trying to come out his neck. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was this weird bulge. You Was it the thing you were talking about? No, I was talking about um, Jason Goes to Hell, the scene where the guy is near decapitation and the Jason monster thing crawls out of his throat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was got a weird neck. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just was, felt like, I don't know wow, if that was a his dummy neck or a real bent person. Unnaturally far. But yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it did. If you watch the made for TV version and Lori is, you know, at the end of the film, she's carted off in the ambulance. In that version, you see that Jimmy's in there with her. So he lived through it. But this one or the, the version we're used to, unfortunately, it's very ambiguous. Amb- I can't talk. Still ambiguous. Again. Ambiguous. Amb- ambiguousness. <laughs> Ambiguity. Oh, ambulance. <laughs> It's it's ambiguous so that you don't really know what happened to him. Right. And I don't like that. But one thing that is certain, 
Michael died at the end of this movie. Yes. Like, you see the mask melting off of his face at the end of this film. Right. At this point, he's been shot ten times. (laughs) Right? Did I count that right? Six times in the first one, four more in this one, right? At least. I mean, I, I don't know that we counted. I thought I counted four. Yeah. Right before the cop was like, he's holding his breath. Yeah, but then he's also shot twice in the face. Okay, so, wow, so now we're up to 12. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. How is Lori that dead on of a shot, too? The part that kills me is that they didn't even try to hide his eyelids in the mask. Like, clearly the blood is coming out of the mask from above his eyes. Like, if you look at it, he's just standing there with his eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the blood looks like it's running from his forehead Well, that's because that's, that's yeah. where the tubes were. <laughs> they didn't really do a good job with that. <sighs> yeah. And then he can't find her because he's got his hand over his eyes and he's flailing around. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so he got shot, I guess, a dozen times over the course of this 24-hour period. 12-hour period between the two movies, and then set on fire. Well, blown up. And then you watch... He was the, a melted the fucking film, milk dud. The, yeah. Like, you left him on the dash <laughs> in the summertime. Yeah. And just, bleh, and now you got chocolate all over your dash. And this was supposed to be it, right? Isn't that what yes. John Carpenter said? Like, he was... they. I guess they kind of pushed him into doing this one that he didn't want to do. And he was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to make it where you can't do a third one. Ha ha. Yeah, Joke's they, on you, John. <laughs> They're going to make seven or eight more of these things. So many milks. Yeah. They, you know, he wanted to go on with the anthology idea, which you and I have discussed before. We thought that was a good idea. Wished, kind of wished they would have done that. But then we wouldn't be where we are today with, you know, we're getting all geared up to watch Halloween ends which comes out on my birthday yes you have already made everyone perfectly aware of that what are the odds that it's that's ever going to happen again the next time a movie comes out Um, on my birthday it's probably going to be like some I believe it came out on your birthday last year too yes I am more than positive I'm almost positive I'll have to look it up I don't think you're right (laughs) I don't think you're right I think I'm right I'll google it Then I'm going to tell everyone if you were wrong. If not, then I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Okay, so a couple other things that we want to talk about on the first one. Why don't you tell me just how big a victim Tommy was? (laughs) I should have known this was going to come up. We, We were not shy in talking Halloween Kills about just how much of a victim Tommy and Lindsay were not, right? So going back and rewatching OG, we were like, okay, were we dicks about this thing or? No, we weren't. We weren't. Absolutely not. Because I I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, you know, we're going this scene with Tommy getting teased at school, the pumpkin drop, whatever. He was not the one who was grabbed in front of the school. That was either Lonnie or one of his friends. I'm not positive. It was one of the friends. It wasn't even Lonnie. Yeah. And everything else, any any other interaction Tommy had with Michael was seeing him through a window up until you can't kill the boogeyman and he sees him in a hallway and then runs outside a few minutes later screaming. And Lonnie's the same way though. Yeah. Same damn thing. Because in this film, he never he never sees him in this one, does no, he? No, he doesn't. That's not until... It's in the... Re- it's in uh, Kills. Yeah, they when have they do that, that forced storyline of... Lonnie running into him on the sidewalk. So at the end of the day, Tommy's just kind of a bitch. (laughs) He really, you know, like, and and Lindsay has even less interaction. But then we go into kills and they're making it like it's this big life-altering PTSD terror-filled experience when they had little to no interaction with Michael whatsoever. No. 
He just synced it. And then Tommy That's all he did. has his whole thing about, he. I gotta prove myself, I gotta be a man, get old Huckleberry, and I've gotta be the one that kills him. And for what? I mean, you could say, you could make the argument, well, he said it, Lori protected him, so he felt like he needed to protect her. But it just, to me, like I, I think I said it um, last week, it didn't feel earned. No, no, and... That that whole segment, it's he says, you know, Lori protected me, I need to protect her. But when he said that, was Michael even back out running around yet? I mean, we knew that he was, but did Tommy know that when he uh, yes, said that? Yes, I believe at that point, yes. So I just don't I don't know. I don't I don't feel like he earned that at all. I would say if it weren't for Charles Cyphers obviously being an older actor by the time kills came around, he would have had more motivation. To go after Michael than Tommy did with him killing Annie. Right. That would even have been more believable. Yeah. Yeah, I would have. You could have sold me that one. I'd buy that for a dollar. But not Tommy. No. Not even close. Or Lindsay. Yeah. So, no. I don't know. Now, somebody in the first one who was kind of badass, Dr. Loomis. Kind of badass? Kind of badass. He's full on badass. He's badass even in the second one. Yes. Don't they fire a warning shot? <laughs> You tell him, dude. I mean, you tell him. Seriously, think about it. Yes, Lori is the iconic scream queen of that franchise. But think about everything that gets quoted from Halloween. Almost everything belongs to Loomis. You know, the, the monologue about the devil's eyes. Like, that's important stuff. And I just, it, it's nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis at all. It's it's not. She's, like I said, she's one of the most iconic final girls we have. But Loomis is the, those films to me. Well, Loomis is Captain Ahab chasing Moby Dick. Right. Yeah, I think we've said that before. Pretty sure I just said that. Or no, maybe I'm thinking of Quint and Jaws. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. But it's kind of the same deal, yeah. honestly. Well, no, because Quint didn't know anything about Jaws until Jaws started killing people. Loomis right. is, has been maybe not pursuing Michael this whole time, but he's been... He's made Michael his entire life. Containing Michael up until he escapes, and then there's the pursuit. Yeah, well, so, not his entire life, but for 16 fucking years, he made Michael his, his everything. That was, that was his world. Yes. Was studying him and keeping him locked up. Yes. So, yeah, it's very much uh, a Moby Dick type story, honestly. But I don't think he gets enough credit. Everybody goes straight to Jamie Lee and nothing against her. But, yeah, I mean, the, the real struggle there between the two the two wills is between Loomis and Michael. Mm -hmm. Not really between Jamie and, and Michael. Yeah, to this, me. this was something we talked about when we were discussing uh, the Thorn trilogy was that even if some of those movies are shit, Loomis is never the issue. Like, it does not matter how bad the story is, how bad the acting is, Loomis still pulls one of those epic monologues or one-liners out and, and you completely agree with everything that he's saying. You, you really, really buy it. So before we wrap this thing up, let's talk about, I mean, because obviously like we've been saying, these movies, you know, have been studied and picked apart ad nauseum. What do you enjoy personally from those first two films? So I think probably my favorite scene in the first one is the, where she's standing in the hallway, right? And it's dark, like it's just blackness behind her. And you see his, just the mask, the, the shape, <laughs> just come out of the darkness behind her and all you can see is his face. Um, that kind of goes back to the, my, my thought on it. It's more like he stalks his prey because that's, yeah, that's just creepy as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, the second one, 
That's tough. I think probably the creepiest shot that you see of him for me is when they're when they are showing the the security monitor, mm-hmm. and of course it's grainy and it's kind of blue, and you just see him walking down the hallway and turning in to a room, and then the nurse coming back down that hallway. She has no idea, right? And then she gets a finger in the butt, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it for me. What about you? Um, as far as like kills go, because we haven't really talked about kills, we have mentioned that there have there were they were more plentiful in part two for sure. Um, but I think my favorite kill overall between the two movies is Bob in OG. I just I, I can't think of oh man, it's just it's it's hard to try to imagine a better kill than Michael pinning Bob to that wall and that head tilt. It does not get any better than that. It doesn't get scarier than that. No, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I, I don't know that I could pick one out of the second one, but where he kills Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> not Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> isn't that... Isn't that they the, used his photo for see? Halloween Okay, kills. so Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> no. But no, I agree. The part where he just... He's studying his work. Yes. And that's one of the things I really like about Halloween Kills when he's turning that guy into a... A hum, human a butcher human, block? Yeah, because it's what he's doing there, too. He's studying right. his work. And yeah, that's pretty... It's pretty creepy. So you're not dealing with someone that can be bargained or reasoned with. Oh, God, do not start. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a T-800. And then I'd be remiss not to talk about the end of the original film. I I have said that this is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie, and that's after Loomis unloads six shots into him. Six times. Yeah, right, six times. And Laurie says, it was the boogeyman, and he says, as a matter of fact, it was. And then... You just get that music and Michael's breathing and cutting back and forth to different shots of locations around and Loomis looking off into the night like he's still out there. I don't know that it gets any better than that in ending a horror film. No. And any real, film. Realistically, that's where they should have stopped. Yes. Yeah. We, we talked about that a little bit off mic about if there had never been another sequel, that movie would... I mean, it is legend, but how much more so would it be if there had been nothing else to come after? Yeah, because then I would, I would still wonder, like, is he coming after me next? He's still out there. Yeah, and, and to me, that's what makes it a perfect film. I mean, I know you said you had some minor complaints, but for me, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, yeah and again, my, uh, my, my complaints, they don't ruin the movie. It doesn't take me out of it at all. But if I mean, if I was going to nitpick, it would be some of the line delivery. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Um, As far as part two goes, that's a bit tougher. Um, Oh, I still haven't finished part one. I'm sorry. My, to me, apart from the ending, one of my favorite scenes is that one of Lori sitting on the floor in the doorway. And you know, Michael's laying on the ground behind her, but you just see him slowly sit up. That that's another one that just gets me every time. Gives me chills. I, I've I've said more than once there's something about seventy eight Halloween that just hits different than other horror films. But going into part two, uh kills are tough. I mean there there's more of them, but there's just not anything really that stands out. None of Maybe. them none of them jumped out at me where I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. That's my right. favorite one. Because there's so many of them that are off screen, like the security guard, Dr. Mixter, um, the nurse or head nurse. Um I don't know. The only ones that I'm like seeing in my mind right now is the needle to the temple of the one nurse and the drowning slash melting of the other nurse. But there's just 
it's not anything I would, I mean, I would say the big death, the big epic death that we get is Ben Tramer <laughs> getting mowed by the car. Right. And that wasn't right. even at the hands of Michael. So, nope. yeah. Um, but as far as, like, I think a cool moment in that film is definitely the scene where Michael walks through the door of the hospital, just right through the glass. That's cool. So, and then Lori, yes, we did rip on it a little bit, but Lori shooting him perfectly in both eyes and just seeing the blood run down. I still think it's cool. You know, even if you know that the bloods are running from his head, it still looks really cool. The uh, the cardboard cutout we have in our studio right now is of Michael with blood running out of his eyes. So it's it's still a cool shot. Um, there, The idea of being in an abandoned hospital at night is scary. You know, when they're almost literally everybody in there has been killed except for you. And this guy's chasing you through the hospital. Hospitals are creepy enough on their fucking own. And yeah. you're talking to somebody that's fixing to start a night shift at the hospital. So I'm definitely not going to be looking <laughs> down the halls right for a while. Well, I, I will tell you because there's a couple of, uh, couple of very large venues that I go to. And I'll get there at like 6 o'clock in the morning. So there's probably only two or three people in the whole place other than myself. And, of course, I have to go. There are keg vaults in the basement, and it looks a lot like that. About half the lights are turned off because they're saving saving energy, right? Saving mm-hmm. money. A lot of really long, really dark hallways. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, when you think about it, it's like, that's kind of a creepy-ass place to be. And I'm the only one down here. This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've sent Aiden pictures before, and he's like, that's nightmare fuel. I'd never go down there. Kind of puts a different spin on it. Now I'm not going to go down there. <laughs> like next week, if I'm supposed to go to those places, I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going down there. I'm just going to leave all your shit upstairs. <laughs> but I think that's that's going to wrap it up for this one. Um, so what have we got coming up? Help me out with the schedule again. Okay. So, yeah, I guess that was something I forgot to talk about. When we decided that we were just going to make this a double feature episode, you know, because again, what can we say that hasn't already been said enough? But um, since we're doing that, that leaves a spot open in our schedule. So I think next week when we come back, we're going to be covering Resurrection. God damn it. (laughs) Sorry. Michael Myers versus Wai Chun Li. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're going to be covering Resurrection next week. Um... And if nothing else, maybe it'll just make good for riff material. I don't know. Oh, it will. And then... I've got no respect for that movie. (laughs) And then the following week, we will be covering 2018. We made that decision. And to cap it all off, you know, the big culmination of of Spooky Month, we're going to end it with Halloween ends. October ends, Halloween ends. Yeah. See what I'm doing there? (laughs) Yeah. But we need one more. No. Thought you were going to make me do the zombies. One two is one episode resurrections another 2018 okay ends okay unless there's five weeks in october is there five weeks in october i don't think so but i'm pretty sure there's five fridays or or not five weeks you know what i mean are there five fridays in october i think there are that would be tough then Uh, the only other thing that i can come up with is no i can i can shit on zombie movies for i was gonna say is that we do the same thing double feature entry but with rob zombies one and two and then we're done with the halloween franchise period okay could you live with that i I can and then maybe next year we can move on to other films like trick-or-treat the other trick-or-treat because there's two different horror films called trick-or-treat so (laughs) yeah we'll look into it yeah i'll check the calendar if there's five fridays we'll do that 
Okay. And then we'll be done. Yes. And if not, <laughs> then I guess next year we'll be going into Rob Zombie. The next year we'll just skip Rob Zombie's Halloween's <laughs> like they never happened, as it should be. <laughs> and in the meantime, I, I do this. I'm pretty sure every time we talk about a Halloween film, if you guys have never gone to YouTube and checked out the We Watched a Movie channel, what the fuck are you waiting for? Do that. There are enough Michael and Loomis skits to keep you entertained for at least a month. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that they have both said Halloween's not their favorite franchise. Actually, I think it is. I'm pretty sure they said it was Friday the 13th. No? That it was their fa- no, because I remember that and I was like, what? Why the fuck are they doing Michael Myers skits all the time? But they're really good at it. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Mike and Jay's Michael and Loomis are top notch. So for fuck's sake, go look them up. <laughs> Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just <laughs> 3 to $10 a month, you can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. <laughs> for that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration.